0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Use Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on Use Radio KMAN.
1: Troy and Trey, you may have noticed in the um, vending machine that there's a pack of Skittles that got stuck. That was mine. It got stuck last <laughs> night, so if you either one of you happen to knock it out, just set
0: it on my desk,
1: and I'll give you half. How much
0: did you pound on the glass? And So, you know, obviously... I've had to
1: shake that thing before, so... Yeah, I just... It, it, it's like once a week I hear somebody, like, shaking the crap out of it. It's like bang, and it's... <laughs> Like banging back, yeah, knocking microphones over and everything, and it's once a week at least, and finally it bit me once again. My Skittles got caught, now I'm craving Skittles. Oops. I, I, no, I was about to say it. Well, no, I, I can't taste the rainbow. That's Skittles, right? Right, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. You, you can't, you know, channel your, your inner lynch. Your inner on this afternoon. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I eat Skittles and all of a sudden I want to start driving golf carts around.
0: <laughs>
1: Shout out to Morganville, Kansas. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside oh. Troy Covert and Travion Birkelands, us three today. A little bit of an abbreviated show because how about the Royals? They get the win today. Three to two over the Cleveland Guardians. Will Brennan? Uh, not too bad.
0: Had, had a solid last, week and, and yeah. has been playing well for the Guardians.
1: Former uh, K State Wildcat, of course, now playing in the outfield for the Guardians, uh, the the franchise that drafted him. He is now playing uh, in the show. Uh, he actually had the go ahead hit in, in the uh, the first game of the series, where Kansas City was up one nothing after a horrible error. On the pitcher for the Guardians. I mean, it was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. And it was a throw of about 20 feet to the catcher. Try to tag a guy at home. Throws it way to the right. Horrible throw. But then Will Brennan came through with a uh, top of the ninth two RBI hit. And that was a game winner. So shout to Will Brennan, former Wildcat, playing at the show. Speaking of K-State baseball, here's how I want to lead off the show. I want to treat everybody to a little bit of John Philip Souza. Here it comes. Come on down, Tyson Neighbors and Kalen Culpepper. This news actually coming out. Let's see. 358. So literally just a few minutes ago. Kalen Culpepper and Tyson Neighbors were both selected to the collegiate national team for USA Baseball. They're going to be two of the 31-man roster that was announced today after competition at the CNT training camp. So both Kalen and Tyson will be representing the United States of America in two five-game friendship series against Chinese Taipei and Japan. This will be in the Carolinas June 30th, so it starts tomorrow through July 12th and K-State is one of six schools to have two guys on the 30-man roster for the United States I thought John Philip Sousa would be appropriate with this story and they become just the second and third cats to make US Team USA the first was of course K-State Hall of Famer
0: Craig Wilson in the early 90s Now I have to find a way to go watch one of those games, because then I could say that I've watched the national team every time that K-State has had someone on the team. You know, uh, if you get in your car now, right? get out
1: to the Carolinas. I don't know where the first game is, but apparently it's tomorrow. If I look more into the story, I'll get that information. (laughs) I love this song, by the way. I hate it
0: because I'm a woodwind player. You got to be in shape for it. Sousa hated the woodwinds. It's There's that, no other explanation Is to it. Is that the story? John
1: Philip Sousa was an uh, answer to a trivia question on Tuesday night.
0: Dude with his 32nd and 64th notes. Come on.
1: Went to McCool's a couple of times for trivia, and uh, John Philip Sousa was an answer to uh, one no. of the questions. Okay. As a matter of fact, I believe "Stars and Stripes" was the question. "Stars and Stripes Forever,"
0: excuse me. What's the uh, what's the thought on McCool's, by the way? I like it. Haven't been yet. So. Solid.
1: Yeah, I'll give him free plug.
0: Okay. Yeah, solid.
1: solid. Yeah, Solid a lot of, you know. Trivia on Tuesdays, good time. Speaking of trivia, Travion's actually going to be hosting trivia out and about next week for Sloan, who's now in the studio talking to him, distracting our board op. Right. An, I, I like the CBGB shirt though. Troy, here's your trivia question: What does CBGB mean?
0: Oh goodness! And I was a it.
1: was the uh, you know was the cathedral for
0: for punk rock. Yeah, and I should in know New York it, City. It, and I should know it, and I don't off the top of my head. It's country, bluegrass, blues. blues. Got it. He's-
1: Sloan, Have you seen? He's on a microphone, but you can just nod or shake your head. No. Have you seen the movie with Alan Rickman? Yeah it's good? You liked it? Yeah, me too. I liked it too. Bum, bum, bum. Alright, John Phillip. i are going to have to pod you down now. Uh, so, again, congratulations to uh, Kalen Culpepper and Tyson Neighbors. Should come to no surprise because, well, you know, Kalen Culpepper is the best third baseman in the country. Tyson Neighbors is the best closer in the, co- in the country. It's not a shock that they made the team. They're
0: the, they're the best at where they play. What you got, Troy? I uh, was just going to note uh, the roster includes 10 players who just participated in the College World Series. Okay. Jack Caglione of Florida, Ben Albert from TCU, Michael Massey from Wake Forest, Brandon Neely from Florida, Griff O'Farrell from Virginia, Jay Warfolk from Ver, uh, from Virginia as well, uh, and three others from Virginia, Christian Moore, and i got to wow. go dig back in, uh, Malcolm Moore, and uh, da, 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 Montgomery, 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 Braden Montgomery from Stanford. All right. So what you're telling me
1: is uh, K-State is uh, better at representing America than TCU. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> K-State's more America than TCU. Let's remember go. that, everybody. All right. Uh, here's here's Since we got a late start here, thanks to the Royals, uh, here's what we'll do. So I want to get all of our breaks in just to make sure everybody uh, gets the bills paid. So what we're going to do, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll get into the, some K-State topics, including today, hoping for some really good recruiting news, both in football and basketball. And we'll get to that coming up next on News Radio KMA. And it's the game. Uh, have you been voting for the Gamey Awards? That's coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow in the second hour, we will go over our 10 awards plus award. Deuce Vaughn with the hashtag, my boy, Lifetime Achievement Award. Welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland. If you want to vote for the game, haven't done so yet. It's all on Twitter. Uh, at the game, K-M-A-N, at Mitch the Fort. At 1350K, man, I've basically retweeted it on all of our accounts. I tweeted, I tweeted it at on my account and then retweeted it on the show account and the station account. So, uh, you basically have another 24 hours to get those votes in. Your vote, the listener vote, is 20%. Trey, Troy, David G, and myself each get 20% as well. And the uh, results of those votes will be coming out tomorrow starting at about 5.10 as we will kick off officially the fourth-day annual Gamey Awards. Meanwhile, today is a big day because we are hoping, fingers crossed, that we're going to get some very good recruiting news, both in football and men's basketball. Let's start with football. You know, Of course, D.Y. and I talked about it yesterday. He was on the show, as he is every Wednesday from K-State Online, and, of course, he's my co-host on Powercat Game Day. We talked a lot about recruiting, and this name was brought up in Caden Massey. And I said that his name should be his last name should be Massive because he's a big kid, 6'8, 255. And he's a Kansas kid. Well, we're hoping for the good news after his six visits that tonight he will be announcing that his commitment is to K-State. Yesterday he tweeted that his commitment will be announced tomorrow. That was yesterday. Well, that is now tonight, and it's scheduled for seven thirty from Linden High School. He is from Linden, Kansas, and you know there are a couple of the recruiting sites that say he is the number three player in the state of Kansas. Twenty four seven Sports has him as the number one kid in the state of Kansas, and this is going to be a big offensive line recruiting class for K State because there's a whole bunch of guys that got to re- be replaced. From this upcoming season. All five starters return from a year ago. They're all done. Most likely. uh, After this year. For Caden. He's down to four schools. That is K-State, Oklahoma, Nebraska and Ole Miss. Well K-State got there first. That's been a longer relationship than any of those other three programs. And to start with Connor Riley from what I understand back in. Well it was last summer when Caden Massey visited K-State for a camp. And they offered him a scholarship if he does pick k-state this will be the seventh commit for the 2024 class and k-state out of the six they have right now three of them are already offensive linemen now grant bricks is the other fingers crossed hopeful for this recruiting class in 2024 and the offensive line he's the number one player out of the state of iowa he's a four-star guy him, along with Caden Massey, are kind of considered what could be the big three of this recruiting class. The third is Michael Boganowski, mm-hmm. the linebacker from Junction City, who many think is the number 1 player in the state of Kansas. So a lot of positive can come out of tonight if he maybe pulls a fast one, which I, I think right now the way Eileen and the way Derek Young feels— is that he is, of course, leaning towards K-State. K-State feels like a heavy favorite heading into tonight's decision. If he didn't pick K-State, it's not the end of the world. You hope that the other two do pick up K-State. But tonight could be a very strong start for what could become another huge year and what would be back-to-back years of recruiting the state of Kansas. Right now, K-State in the top five on most of the recruiting sites, and I think actually all of them have, these two guys in the state of Kansas in the top five, it's Gus Hawkins and John Price. They are considered top five players in the state of Kansas. If you pick up Caden Massey, you now have three of the top five in the state of Kansas coming to K-State. You hope for a fourth in Michael Boganowski. But even if you didn't get Michael and you did get Caden or vice versa, and you, you now have three of the five in the state of Kansas in the top five coming to K-State, I think it's already you can consider another very strong year of recruiting in the class. I mean, go back two years ago, and recruiting in the state of Kansas, you didn't have anybody in the top eight. You know, I think nine was as high as it got two years ago. That was the Jerry Canick year, who ended up going to Oklahoma. Oh, he, mm-hmm. he followed Britton Venables. From Clemson, where he was originally committed. Right. Venables goes to Oklahoma. He decides to go to Oklahoma with Brett Venables. Well, tonight could be another step in the direction of not only – because you made very loud movement recruiting your own state with last year's recruiting class. Mm Mm-hmm. Some consider it, and I think it's you know a very popular thing to say and agree upon that you know 2023 might be the best case to a recruiting class ever. Or one of the best. Certainly recruiting the state of Kansas. Well, now you're talking about momentum and continuing recruiting the state of Kansas, Caden Massey would be a huge, huge part of that. But the big three. It wouldn't be complete, of course, without Graham Bricks and Michael Boganowski. But tonight is a start of that. And tonight at 7.30 is when that's going to be
0: announced. It continues to really be striking to me that we are finding this program again on that stretch of being able to build from in-state where the other programs are now trying to come in and take away again. That says something for the amount of talent that this state has begun to produce again.
1: It's very important for this coaching staff to recruit Kansas. Uh,
0: absolutely. And it has been for how the, yeah. you know, this staff, and it was for the Bill Snyder staff. Uh, it, it just, let's be perfectly honest, the first thing that occurred was locking down the state and keep Nebraska from coming in. It took 19 years for
1: K-State to land the number one kid in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. 2004 was the last time. The Cats had the number one player in the state of Kansas before Avery Johnson decided to stay home. And now K State's trying to do a back to back years not only to recruit the best player in Kansas, but also, you know, I think this last class, what, at least six of the top fifteen picked K State. And that's a lot of talent staying home. Cats are trying to do the same with this year's class heavily, uh, with offensive linemen. Uh one of those offensive linemen of the three, uh, is Gus Hawkins, who I mentioned is a top-five kid. He is an offensive lineman. Ryan Howard and Kyle uh, Rakers are the other two. Ryan Howard, the younger brother of Will Howard, of course, coming from Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Kyle Rakers is from the state of Iowa. Meanwhile, the other good news that we're hoping for is about men's basketball. And really, it has to do with travel. Now, we know MHK is shut down for the summer. The regional airport, of Mm -hmm. course. And any visits have been coming through Kansas City. Right now, with uh, holiday travel, of course, already underway. I mean, we're, of course, now, what, five days away from the 4th of July. And we've seen the reports of, like, a lot of flight cancellations across the country. Um, You know, it's just kind of a, you hope that none of that affects these guys. But the plan is, Muhammad Wagi Who's a, who's a center, and Joe Tucson, who's a six-foot guard, both who played last year at West Virginia, are going actually visit at the same time here in Manhattan. K-State has two spots remaining in this recruiting class, and when it comes to the scholarships, there are two remaining. We hope they visit the Little Apple starting today. Joe Tucson actually changed his plans. He was going to start his recruit on Monday change of plans where he went to Lubbock first and then is going to come to Manhattan today. Have not heard any reports if they're here or not, but fingers crossed they're going to be able to make it and visit at the same time. And you're hoping for some commitments. <laughs> Hopefully they leave Manhattan committed and they they decide to cancel everything else they have planned down the road after visiting Manhattan, Kansas for Wagee. Now, this is a guy that, you know, he just finished up his sophomore year, played in 28 games, averaged 4 points, 3 rebounds, shot 74%, very good around the rim. Seems like he plays pretty well when he gets his opportunities on both ends of the floor. Has to clean up a few things, of course. He is not in any way playing his best basketball yet. You you see the, uh, you see the potential. At least I've seen it. I've seen it in his highlight reel and watching him play basketball. Wasn't the biggest standout, of course, off the bench for – West Virginia, the best standout off the bench for West Virginia was Joe Toussaint. He was their sixth man. He was the first guy off the bench. And coming off the bench, he was nearly averaging double figures. As a matter of fact, he did average double figures playing on the road. He was playing his best basketball on the road. Mm -hmm. These are two guys that could really fill in when it comes to the depth of K-State. But you know what? Now with the portal closed and them getting, you know, of course, special treatment because of Bob Huggins stepping away from West Virginia. The 30-day window opens so they can jump into the portal because of a coaching change. They're now in. They have not decided to go back to West Virginia. But, of course, you know programs galore that haven't filled all their roster spots yet, haven't filled their scholarships, are looking into these guys. Alabama has jumped in mm-hmm. on both of these mm-hmm. guys. But – Wagi has said that, and he, he was talking to a West Virginia sports, um, me, sports media in Morgantown about who's been recruiting him the hardest. It's been K State and DePaul. He has already visited DePaul. He went there first and now coming to Manhattan. K State has competition for both of these guys, highly sought after. Wagi well, has interest from all over the country. Meanwhile, Joe Toussaint has already visited Texas Tech. He's going to have Zoom meetings with Gonzaga in Miami. I mean, those are really, uh, two obviously pretty big programs right now. Miami just went to a Final Four, and by the way, they got a lot of NIL money. Yeah, uh-huh. Gonzaga is a powerhouse right now in college basketball, of course. And then he plans to make a day trip to Alabama. So there's competition. And K-State is probably, maybe, I'm just guessing, maybe doing some of its heaviest recruiting right now. I'm sure there's others that, of course, would rival it. But K-State's trying to finish off this recruiting class and fill those two spots right here and right now. And honestly, the opportunity to fill those spots, this might be the best opportunity they have the rest of the way. That is a high possibility. And they're going to try to get it done uh, in the next couple of days with two former, what seemed to me now former West Virginia Mountaineers. Toussaint just played a year at West Virginia as he played three previous years uh, for Iowa. But he has the year of eligibility remaining and what he, I believe, has a couple of years remaining. But, man, do they have potential. You're talking about adding depth for K-State. These will be two pretty big pieces Two pretty big pieces, and D.Y. and I have said it the last couple of weeks is when he's joined me on Wednesdays, we completely agree that, you know, when it comes to just the talent, overall talent, it may not be as star-heavy, like all-American heavy, having two on last year's team. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be comparable that way. But when it comes to depth, 1 through 13, you're talking about an absolute battle heading into the season for minutes. No doubt about it. Adding those two. Which has added that battle, but K State already. We, I mean, we feel like we have. They have an NCAA tournament team. These two guys would make him better.
0: It, it is amazing to realize again where we sit this summer after uh, what took place over the course of last summer, and that we're talking about depth. That is an amazing move roster-wise in a year's time for this program. Let's
1: take a break, and when we come back, we'll finish up the hour talking Royals in a new stadium. They going downtown? Or are they going north of the winter into, north of the river in Clay County? That's coming up next. All right, Troy, here we go. Your beloved Kansas City Royals going to tell Copton Stadium to take a hike here in about four or five years. John Sherman who's the majority owner of the Royals, says it's time to get out of the K. They're down to two locations, and we knew that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the two locations, North Kansas City, just over the river in Clay County, and also in East Village. East Village is just to the northeast of the T-Mobile Center. So, I mean, that's as close as downtown as they're going to get. It's pretty close. I mean, it is technically downtown, not too far away from from Power & Light. And they uh, they have been promised over one billion dollars in private investment, and then the rest of the money they're looking to uh, maybe uh, you know introduce some legislature that would uh, bump up some sales tax by three eighths of a percent. So after hearing John Sherman says it's time to get out of the K, oh boy, and then he's like, but you know the K is uh, it is quite beautiful, and uh, you know if you sit in the a suite or a press box, it's it's just breathtaking something like that. And oh, by the way, about how much more money they would make if they have a new stadium and how much revenue that would generate, so much more than they would get right now at Kauffman Stadium. Now, I, and I've said, you know, I, I am in favor of a new stadium and getting away from Kauffman and going downtown. I do like the idea. But after hearing John Sherman talk earlier today, what are your thoughts?
0: I'm thoroughly disappointed that this per- continues to progress this way, and that the view is literally, as he said it, we have to get out of the K. Uh I am thoroughly disappointed that that is the mindset. Now, that said, I also do understand where he's coming from in the aspect of trying to maximize. As best you can. And when you look at Kauffman Stadium. It is. Limited. In terms of its design. And this is the problem that you get into. More and more and more. As we talk stadiums. And the flip that takes place. You know in the. Early. Portion of this century. It was all about making sure that you had the suites. And. And. You know, it's amazing to realize some of the places that uh, you know were, were great stadiums but were designed in ways that they couldn't even retro suites in a strong fashion. So this doesn't surprise me a bit that you're leaning towards wanting to maximize with what's outside of the stadium because that has become the trend. Everybody sees... What has taken place with these downtown Revitalization projects Including, uh, you know Houston getting Minute Maid Park Downtown, as opposed to playing in the Dome Uh, Coors Field is A great example of it Progressive Park uh, Or Field, or whatever they want to call it In Cleveland A prime example of it That comes with Challenges in and of itself And it becomes a matter of right now they want to be able to maximize the real estate around that property when they do make a move as a way to build that revenue that's what the rockies are in the process of doing right now literally building housing and an entertainment complex near the stadium
1: i think A lot of people in Kansas City laughed just a little bit when they John Sherman said, you know, North Kansas City is really developing. It's real up and coming. I think a lot of Kansas City people, when they hear that, they kind of puke in their mouths a little bit. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. I don't know. I just would prefer downtown more than North Kansas City. I
0: would agree with you there. It would allow for more parking, though. Parking. (laughs) Eh, People
1: walk. It's downtown Kansas City. Richer people live there. Alright, hour two of the game coming up. So it's your local news!